Hello, I'm Lisa Hilton, and I'm here to brighten your day. Each episode, I'll share three things that have brightened my day. It might be something I just learned. It might be a new kitchen gadget I discovered. Or it might be a new bottle of wine I uncorked. Then I'll invite a guest to share three things that have brightened their day. Our brains on positive are happier, less stressed, and more productive. Together, we're going to start a ripple of positivity that will spread. Let's go make some waves. Hi, friends. Lisa here. For those of you who know me, you know that positivity is my beat. It's how I make my living. It's how I'm wired. And it's one of my top five strengths. My guest today is Melissa Nofziger. I met Melissa when I was doing some work with her agency around happiness and positivity. Melissa stood out to me because of her dedication to the 21-day happiness challenge we did together and how practicing the happiness interventions really made a difference for her in her leadership and life. I'm looking forward to hearing what's been brightening Melissa's day. But first, I want to share three things that have brightened my day. I have to back up to go forward. As some of you know, I'm a musician and I love music. I always enjoy watching the Grammys each year. Last year, I remember scrolling through the winners and I saw this person in odd clothes with neon green roots in her hair named Billie Eilish. She was in many of the photos. I didn't know anything about her then. Remember, I'm old. (laughs) I just remember her image sticking in my mind because of her unique look. Flash forward to the other day, I was scrolling through documentaries and I came across The World's a Little Blurry on Apple TV that followed Billie's journey writing and recording the first album that changed her life. I was fascinated. First, there's her haunting sound that has a tremor or vibrato at the end of her phrases that just slightly turns my heart each time I hear it. Also, the tender relationship between Billy and her brother and producer, Phineas, was so sweet to watch. They would just jam together in her bedroom and come up with lyrics and melodies that were amazing. Turns out they produced her first album in their living room. She was nominated for six Grammys and won them all. So I promptly purchased When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? I was also pleasantly surprised to discover that her song and voice will be featured in the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. You know you've arrived when you're invited to sing the title song for a Bond movie. The song is part sung, part whispered. It's a masterpiece. I am really looking forward to hearing more from Billie Eilish. The second thing that has brightened my day is caves. Last weekend, Aria and I had a girl's trip with her friend and her friend's mom to the coast, and we took a trip to the sea lion caves. It was a very fun adventure, noisy and stinky. (laughs) But one benefit we discovered of wearing a mask is it mutes the smell. I'm always amazed by water splashing up against the rocks. Water by itself is a weak substance. It's fluid. It takes the shape of whatever is containing it, but it has the power to break down rocks. I still had images from the sea lion caves in my brain when I came across a reference to the Tam Luang cave rescue in northern Thailand, where 12 boys and their assistant coach from a junior association football team 
were trapped for 10 days before they were discovered and then later rescued. I had just vaguely paid attention to it in the news when it happened back in June and July of 2018. I went back and looked up the incident. It's really an incredible story. Over 10,000 people contributed to the rescue effort. 100 divers, representatives from 100 government agencies, 900 police officers, 2,000 soldiers, and numerous volunteers were involved. 10 police helicopters, 7 police ambulances, and 700 diving cylinders, plus more than 1 billion liters of water were pumped out to successfully complete the rescue. That's 400 Olympic-sized swimming pools. The journey through the caves to the boys took six hours against the current and five hours to exit with the current, even for experienced divers. In order for the rescue to occur, the boys were sedated and tethered to an experienced diver. There were three chambers along the way out of the cave and a daisy chain of hundreds of rescuers stationed along the treacherous path out of the cave. The assistant coach, affectionately called Coach Ek, short for Ekaphon, had previously been a Buddhist monk. He guided the boys through meditation to help keep them calm and to give them hope. And they drank water that dripped from the cave walls to stay alive. So the water that had trapped them in the cave was also the water that was giving them life. Pretty amazing. I also learned that MGM acquired the film rights with an expected release of the movie in April 2022. It will be titled 13 Lives and directed by Ron Howard. That will be a story to watch. The third thing that has brightened my day is writing my This I Believe statement. I've been in a manager's leadership program since January of this year, and one of our graduation requirements is to write a This I Believe statement. Some of you will recognize it. This I Believe began in the 1950s as a radio program hosted by acclaimed journalist Edward Murrow as an effort to engage people in writing and sharing essays describing the core values that guide their daily lives. We incorporate this into leadership programs because to lead, one must have insight into their own beliefs and appreciate the different beliefs of others. I'd love to share my This I Believe statement with you. This I believe. You get out of life what you put into it. I believe the strength of our relationships contribute greatly to our happiness in life. I believe how you feel profoundly affects how you perform. I believe the more I know and understand myself, the more fully I show up. And ultimately, it all leads to this. All we have is this precious moment, here, now. We have a choice to listen to the better angels of our nature, love, friendship, teaching, and connection. A precious moment that I revisit time and again is the morning of September 11, 2001. I was living in New York City at the time and worked for a large investment bank in Lower Manhattan, just seven blocks away from the Trade Towers. I will never forget watching the plane crash through the second tower, igniting flames a crimson red I had never seen. I will never forget when the towers crumbled to the ground. The morning sunlight turned to darkness outside. I will never forget dampening a paper towel and heading out into the still, 
desolate streets covered with ash to walk home. I will never forget New Yorkers opening up with compassion and care and offering water bottles, blankets, and snacks as we walked home that day. I will never forget the warm embraces and exclamations of joy when my friends saw me walk through the front door, safe. I will never forget the voice of Peter Jennings on the television as he kept us updated around the clock. I will never forget the phone calls from loved ones and friends making sure I was okay. And I will never forget that each one of us had a choice that day to recoil in fear and anger or reach out in love and kindness. This I believe, that all we have is this precious moment. We can't retreat. We can't refrain from showing up. We make the road by walking. Be here now. My guest today is Melissa Nofziger. Melissa is the Assistant Inspector General for the Oregon Department of Corrections. In her role, Melissa manages the Special Investigations Unit, which handles high-level staff investigations and criminal adult in custody investigations. I met Melissa when I was doing some leadership development work with the Inspector General's office. Among other things, I led them through a 21-day happiness challenge, which involved doing various happiness interventions like practicing gratitude, acts of kindness, and journaling. Everyone took a happiness assessment before and after the challenge. Melissa stood out to me because her happiness score increased by over 30 points. In her line of work, she doesn't always get to focus on the positive side of life, yet she continues to be an advocate and promoter of positivity and well-being in work and life. I'm so happy to have Melissa as my guest today. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Before I ask you about what's brightened your day, I'm wondering if you can take us back to that 21-day challenge and share how you've used what you learned to continue to find happiness and positivity in a career that doesn't always see that. Definitely. So I think the first thing is, you know, during that challenge, I think there were five things that we were supposed to do each day, exercise, meditate, do random acts of kindness, journal three gratitudes. And I think the other Mm -hmm. thing was find a positive at the end of the day. Yes. I'm terrible at journaling, although I did well during the 21 day challenge. (laughs) And I did meditate, which was very helpful. And of course, the exercise and the random acts of kindness. But I think I tend to do random acts of kindness anyway, but I wasn't great at doing them daily. I think the two biggest things for me were the three gratitudes and the one positive thing. I decided to start my day. So I would wake up in the morning and I had a journal next to my bed and I would get up in the morning and I would write down three things that I was grateful for. And at first I was trying to find big things. I felt like it had to be, you know, my husband and my children and, and I was pretty vague. And then I started realizing that I needed to be specific and it didn't have to be big, right? It could be, I had a really great cup of tea this Mm. morning, or I spent five extra minutes in the shower and So I think those gratitudes, starting your day with that positive note really helped me. And I think the thing that helped me the most was the one positive thing at the end of the day. In the middle of that challenge, I had to fire somebody. And the same day I had somebody retire and I (laughs) sound so horrible. I forced him to retire so I didn't have to fire him. Mm. So effectively, I had two people firing in the same day. 
and it was a rough day. And I, I remember thinking about this challenge going, there's no way, there is no way I'm going to find something positive. This is just a crappy day. And I found myself all day trying to find something positive that I could write about at night because I knew I wasn't going to have anything. And Lisa, by the end of the day, I couldn't narrow it down. There were so many things that made me realize how lucky I was to be in the position I was in, not to have to fire people, (laughs) but Mm. I had people on my team that knew how hard that was on me. And they all checked on me individually and aside from each other, how are you doing? You know, it was one of those days where I realized just what a wonderful team I worked on. And I, I had to settle. I had to settle for one only because I think the exercise limited me to three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And and it was really, I think the hardest part of that day was actually narrowing it down to one positive thing and writing about it for only three minutes. And I think that was the light bulb for me. That was the piece that reminded me that, yes, you can be having an icky day. Everybody does. We all have them. But there's always something that we can be grateful for and that we can learn from and grow from. And you just have to take a minute and step out of your misery and recognize something. And I think accepting that it's an icky day helps. And then finding that one pause, it may only be one thing. I mean, there are definitely days. Mm -hmm. There may only be one, but that one thing gives you a minute to breathe and recognize that the world is not ending and it will get better. Yeah. I can't imagine the, the intensity in the kind of work that you do day in and day out. And I'm so thankful there are people like you that keep showing up and do what you do every day. So thank you for sharing that. I know those little ripples of positivity, they make a difference and it matters. Okay, well, I'm really interested to hear what three things have brightened your day lately. Right now, I have baby bunnies in my backyard. (laughs) I have six of them. And so I get to go out and spend time with them occasionally and just five minutes. They're so cute. They're only... (laughs) a few weeks old and they're fluffy and I get to pick them up and cuddle with them. And, you know, I've had meetings where I'm like, oh, I have to get up and take a walk. And I walk, you know, the hundred yards to my backyard to the bunnies <laughs> and I cuddle with bunnies for a couple of minutes. And it just, it just puts the biggest smile on my face and just reminds me that there are such sweet, innocent things in the world that no matter what I might be investigating today, Um, there are baby bunnies somewhere in the world that can make me smile. (laughs) Oh, that is precious. So can I ask what will happen to these little bunnies? Well, these sweet baby bunnies are probably going to be given to people as pets. Uh, We do raise rabbits for meat. And this particular batch is a very hardy batch. We used to have more than we do quite a bit more. And the heat wave that we had, we lost quite a few. We had 19 babies and now we have six. Um, and so my husband and I were very devastated that we lost them the way that we did. And I actually, I had rabbits in my living room (laughs) (laughs) and we've agreed that these six bunnies, they have earned the right to live. And one of them in particular, I have decided I'm going to keep as my own little fluffy pet. So, my um, goodness, yes. So we have five that we will be putting out for people that want pets, which means it's even more important that I handle them and play with them so that they will be lovable. Yes. Nurture (laughs) them. So they're ready. Oh, wow. I I'm just, I'm lost in little bunny land right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's the second thing that's brightened your day? I just purchased, it was called a dragonfly solar wind truck. 
It's not mm. actually a chime, but it looks like one. And it's got a solar panel, so it lights up in the dark. I think it cost me like $10. And dragonflies are very special to me. My niece was a very big fan of dragonflies and passed away in 2008. And I have mm. a beautiful dragonfly tattoo on my arm that's in memory of her. And every time I see a dragonfly, it makes me think of her. And I just smile because she was such a beautiful little soul. And so now I have this wind chime that lights up in beautiful colors and twinkles in the dark. And so every time I watch walk past my kitchen window, I see these lights and it just, it's the same. It has the same impact for me as the bunnies. I just light up and think beautiful thoughts about my niece and, and, and the kitchen is right on the way to my bedroom. So it's like on my way to bed every night, I get to see this beautiful, lovely light that just brings back warm memories. Oh, wow. That is really precious. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, What's the third thing that's brightened your day? Books, definitely books. I just took a vacation. I took a month off of work. Um, Wow. It was so great. It was so great. I took a whole bunch of books with me. And it was a really great reminder for me how much I love reading, but particularly with a book in my hand. I love the smell of them. I love the feel of them. I love turning the pages I love recognizing how many inches of the book is left and that I'm getting close to the end and I get super excited. And there's literally like a a little adrenaline push when I'm reading and I get to a good spot or, and so I, since I've been home, I have bought 43 new books. Wow. (laughs) They're all series except for one of them. So like one of them is the complete Sackett series from Louis L'Amour. Another Mm -hmm. one is a series called The Bake Shop Murders that takes place in Ashland, Oregon. And then the other one is this like a teen boy, James Bond-ish type thing. And so there's, I bought these three series and they're what a friend of mine calls brain candy. It doesn't (laughs) take a lot of effort. You can just read a story and enjoy it and not feel like you have to think super hard. Yeah. And of course, like, because there's 43 of them, I have books everywhere. (laughs) So (laughs) every time I turn and look, I'll see a stack of books and I'm just excited to be able to pick up the next one and read it. And it makes me almost giddy. I get so excited. I look over and I'm like, oh my gosh, look what I get to do next. And um, <laughs> it's such a little thing. And and I may only spend an hour or even a half hour reading something, but it's nice to just, it's my little escape. It lets yeah. me just kind of step away from the the darkness that can be my job and and enjoy something light and put it with a great cup of tea. It's like the best day ever. Best day. I'm I'm right there with you. So a couple of things that I have to prod a little deeper on this one. So the first one is I love that you still get books, the real actual book in your hand. There is something about turning the pages. And if you need to flip back, because you were like, oh yeah, what what did that character do? Or oh, what was that quote? Or you can dog ear the pages, you can highlight. Well, I guess you can sort of in Kindle. There's all these kind of fancy things you can do now with um, the book apps. But there's nothing like the real actual book in your hand. So kudos to you that you still do it that way. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's, it's not the same. It's yep. not. Well, and then the second thing that I picked up on, I love that you were mentioning about the book that took place in Ashland. I have this thing too with books where it's talking about places I've lived or if it's in Oregon, it just seems like you connect that much more with the book because you can literally you know, picture what the person is talking about or where they're describing. I just started reading Crying in the H Market. Um, It's a a Korean-American who is writing the book, and she talks about her experience of connecting with her mother and the Korean culture through food. And I guess there's their grocery store is the H Market. 
And I, I don't know, I've never been to one, but she starts to describe living in Eugene. And I lived in Eugene when I first got married. And so I was imagining Wow Hall and, you know, the University of Oregon campus. And you feel like you just leapt right into the pages of the book. It's really kind of fun when that happens. Yeah. My husband and I are listening to a book. It's not a very bright one. It's called Devil in White City. And it's about, oh, it's very dark. It's about a serial killer in um, Chicago. But we are going to Chicago in September. It's been a lifelong dream of mine to watch the Cubs play in Wrigley Field. And I Aww. finally get to do it. And but so as they talk about these things, we're, I'm on my Google box checking out. Oh, where is that? Can we go check that out when we're there? <laughs> yeah. And how close is that to where we're going to be? And so it's kind of a, you know, we're, we're adding little side trips to our trip to go check out these areas where the World's Fair was in Chicago. And it adds awesome. that extra layer of stuff to make it even more enjoyable. Well, those are some pretty great things that have brightened your day. And I want to thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today. And also, thank you for brightening my day. Thank you. I've enjoyed talking with you. Thank you for tuning in to Brighten Your Day. To be a guest on my podcast, email me at HiltonLisaB at gmail.com. That's Hilton with a Y. Special thanks to Clark Hilton for post-production and special thanks to Chris Jones for composing the theme song.